Hi, my name is Isa Lopez. I'm writer-director of Tigers Are Not Afraid. You're listening to Scare Stupid Podcast. Scared Stupid. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on, everybody out there in listener land? It is another special edition episode of your favorite spooky podcast, Scared Stupid. Joining me in the studio, as always, is the unaffected, my emotional support alien, Roswell, and... From the highest of mountains to the tops of the cosmos, the man with the magical fingers of production, Mr. Terry Snow. What up? See, I told you I'd do a lot better next time. (laughs) Killing it. I try, man. I try. So, we got an exciting episode this week, Terry. Yeah, special edition, bro. I like doing these special edition episodes. Me too. They're just, you know, they're not as much pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're a lot more fun. And we have an awesome guest on this episode, Miss Issa Lopez. There you go. Writer and director of Tigers Are Not Afraid. Mm, I was afraid. Right? Watching that movie. So, that is kind of our theme for this very special, special edition of Scared Stupid is some spooky foreign films in a new segment that I have aptly titled Fears from Afar. Yeah, see that? In the darkest of nights. (laughs) I'm going to be one of those storyteller podcasts now, Terry. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm going to start. Yeah, we'll start telling spooky stories to folks, too. In this tone of voice. Around the campfire. <laughs> It'll be like Tales from the Dark. Mm-hmm. What? No, that's two different shows. Tales from the Crypt, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. Not <laughs> Tales from the Dark. Sick mashup, bro. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> it's the Crypt Keeper around a campfire. <laughs> oh, so we are talking about some fantastic spooky foreign films. Mm-hmm. Much like Tigers Are Not Afraid. That's right. I think we could maybe open it up with Tigers Are Not Afraid. True. Yeah. So, for those of you who have not seen this fantastic film, it is about to drop and be re-released into a steelbook. It's getting its official DVD release on May the 5th. Yeah. So, rush out right now, go buy the steelbook, and then come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Yeah. So, Tigers Are Not Afraid, Terry... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> was such a wild story. And something that Joe Bob uh, mentioned to us was that one of the last true taboos in American cinema is for a child to die mm-hmm. in the movie. Like, it has right. to be redeeming. You know, if Macaulay Culkin gets stung by a ton of bees, uh-huh. it, there has to be a purpose. Right. He can't just die in my girl. <laughs> so... Uh-huh. But in foreign films, <laughs> they don't give a they fuck. They don't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we'll kill whatever the fuck we want, yeah, bro. Yeah, they will destroy anything and everything <laughs> in the sake of horror. Yeah, dude. They don't give a fuck about your American values, dude. No, and that's how it should be. That's what ho- that's the essence of horror. Right. That's what makes a good movie. Right. But it it has to be there has to be a purpose to it. Mm-hmm. Can't just be violence for violence's sake. Right, then you got Cannibal Holocaust. Bingo. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, Tigers Are Not Afraid were, was so well done with its mix of 
practical effects and proper use of CGI. Mm-hmm. That's what I want people to understand. I don't hate CGI. I'm not against CGI. I just feel it has a place. And that place is on the cutting room floor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the filmmaker and Terry screaming at me. <laughs> you asshole! CGI is fine. Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, CGI is good. Where, but uh, where that happens in the movie is a lot of it, like in the background, where mm-hmm. the kids, especially the main kid, shine. He does a lot of graffiti mm-hmm. as to what is going on in the movie. Right. So. You can't, the, you can't practical that. No, you can't practical that. Like, <laughs> right. and sometimes while they're telling the stories about what happened, the graffiti will make like subtle little movements mm-hmm. in the background, mm. but it's not obvious. So unless you're mm-hmm. like really paying it, you're like, oh shit, did that just move? Right. And she did that so well to mm-hmm. have that written into the film, and you really feel for these kids. Mm-hmm. Like, it's this like badass lost boys kind of situation where except they get marked bro yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that why you brought it up because kids is getting marked because kids shit. is getting marked i just as a as a friendly heads up for the rest of this episode mm-hmm. children die <laughs> going forth and there are spoilers yeah so. yeah so what you know spoiler alert on yeah. tigers are not afraid if you're not ready for that yeah if you're not ready for that children do die in <laughs> in that movie uh and there's no you know how in america we're like we prep. We'll prep you for a bad thing that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. There'll be ominous music that plays, and the right. camera will see it from a different angle, and you'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, no. Not this. No. Mm-mm. Just fucking bam. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give, give it away, mm-hmm. but I will you know, spoil few things. Right. Like saying children get murdered. <laughs> you gotta find- <laughs> well, people just got to be ready for that, bro. Mm-hmm. You got to know what you're going into. Yeah, I don't want to just send you into something blind. That would be mean. <laughs> And especially with this movie being so good, like it, it gets away with that extreme violence because where they are, I mean, that's what it's like there. Mm-hmm. That's what real life is like for them there. There's, yeah, see, then there is a purpose because it's just mirroring reality yeah. for a lot of people. And sometimes that's hard to look at. Yeah, so you can't, you can't break away from reality just because you want to feel good. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. And. So. In a horror movie, you know, the kind of, the whole gist of this movie. And a horror movie is where that should be brought to. Exactly. That's what it's for. Right. Like, it's for the harsh realities of the world mm-hmm. in a safe space where you can handle your anxieties and stuff yeah. like that. Because I, I really feel like that's what brings the horror community together in such a way is a lot of horror fans feel like outcasts and mm-hmm. they, they really can, uh, you know, connect with the people in these movies that mm-hmm. are outcast and, you know, don't make it in life the right way. And even some of the killers, who knows, maybe, mm-hmm. someone, <laughs> maybe you yeah, that's, that's, that's where, that's the, that's where it t- goes off the rails. Yeah. It's like, you can identify with like, you know, a hard upbringing or, you know, stuff like that, you know, like yeah. this person's having a hard time surviving this movie. I have a hard time surviving life. I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. But once you get over to that part where you stop relating to that person, you start yeah. relating to the other side. Right. That's, when, you know, yeah. that's when it's like, hey, maybe we need to pump the brakes, bro. I wonder if I could start murdering people in their dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's possible. Yeah, definitely possible. That's a, It's definitely a interesting sect of the horror community. It's like, come on, bro. Yeah. A lot of kids will do it. We'd be like tryhards. It's like, exactly. 
Come on, bro. That's that's how I feel about a lot of those people. Like you're being a tryhard. Right. If you were faced with that actual decision to do it, yeah, dude. Come on. <laughs> come on, Jeremy. Yeah, come on, Jeremy. <laughs> Quit it. <laughs> being a tryhard. <laughs> not dude. Name's not Jeremy. It's fucking Damien, bro. <laughs> fucking hardcore. I'm fucking hardcore. <laughs> fucking listen to Mayhem. <laughs> And all kinds of other bands no one's yeah. ever heard of. I listen to the bands that kill each other. <laughs> it's fucking hardcore. If you can hear, I'm a... I just scribbled out this sick new band logo for a Norwegian <laughs> band, Black Metal. Oh, I thought you were writing a heavy uh, black metal song over there. Yes. <laughs> Funny, it works both ways. Oh. If you read it upside down, it's the yeah. lyrics, but the other way... Yeah, is. well, speaking of black metal, or uh, Norwegian black metal... I have a Norwegian franchise to recommend. Oh, shit! For uh, your foreign uh, film segment. Drop it on us. That'll Say be, the name of it. That'll be the uh, Cold Prey franchise or uh, oh. Fritz Witt. Yes! <laughs> there you go. Fritz, uh, say, say it one more time. Fritz Witt. Fritz Witt. Fritz Witt. And, uh, it's like a Norwegian Fitbit. Yeah, there you go. Got your Fitbit on? <laughs> the Fritz Witt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, you'll definitely get in shape. Um, <laughs> it's a a slasher franchise from mm. the uh, the mid two thousands. Ooh, um, it's very popular uh, in Norwegian and even in in Norwegian, in uh, Norwegian. Norway and America. <laughs> it's in Norwegian. It's in Norway. <laughs> yes, you get it. I got you. <laughs> you got it, bro. I got you. I got you. So yeah. whole franchise. Yeah, they get significant significantly worse. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So Numero Uno was Yeah, really good. I remember the second one being pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, the third one starts falling off the rails and I think they try to make a fourth one. Mm-hmm. Not sure. I don't remember, but uh yeah, I mean they're really good. Should check them out. Yeah. Recommendation. Vritbit. Fritvit. Fritvit. Yeah, the first one's fantastic. There we go. And that's how it normally is too. Mm-hmm. You know, they get a they get a hit and then uh which was not the case with uh, the Hatchet series. No, well, you know, of course they, not. Yeah, they killed it with that they one. They did so good they did a fourth one because it was going so well. Right? Which <laughs> like never happens. Right, especially for like, you know, it started as like a just like independent sort of thing. Right. And you know, there's no big studio backing behind it, so You know, I saw today too that I didn't know Saw was a really small but the first saw yeah, was like well, yeah. crazy low budget have you seen the, the saw short film yeah like he made a short film and that's like that evolved into <clears throat> you know saw saw and uh yeah the rest is history now he's directing aquaman and heading Same. the uh conjuring universe let that be a lesson to you knoxville you can make a short film that does something decent <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that Oh, that was a dig. I'm he, sorry. He had to make a feature film in order to get any recognition. So right, yeah, you got to have some recognition behind you. Yeah, there's like a, there's like a famous meme or something. Where he's like made the first saw for, but it, the meme's a lie because it's talking about the short film. It's uh, like, oh, he made the first saw for like 15 bucks. He's like, no, he made the short film for 15 bucks, right. and then a studio gave him a hundred thousand dollars to film in a room. Mm-hmm. So, which um, that's nice. Yeah. We'll take that. But uh, yeah, definitely check out Cold Prey. You know, Cold Prey. Bunch of kids go snowboarding. Friend gets hurt. They Uh-oh. find an abo- abandoned hotel in the snow mountains, bro. What? Yeah, dude, it's so freaky. So they, so his the friend gets hurt, and they mm-hmm. figure we're stuck here. We got to go at least mm-hmm. take shelter in this abandoned snow uh-huh. hotel. Yep. Oh it's shit! It's like The Shining. 
Like, yeah. Oh, damn. And then there's like a whole story about why the hotel shut down. There's a big fire. And then, of course, you know, someone died in the fire. Right. Did he? But, oh. Mm. (laughs) I just got chill bumps, Terry. There you go. They're there. (laughs) Now I'm going to have to go watch this franchise because I've never seen that. No, it's really good. Yeah, you should check it out. This is one of my favorite things about this show is when we do these kind of segments and we get to, you know, I like talking to about people. I like talking you to like talking pe- about people. I like talking about people. And like when the microphones are on, people. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking about movies to people yeah. and getting, you know, new movies that I've never heard of right. out of this show. And people send me movies. They're yeah. like, you should check this out. And I gave you a whole bunch this week. And I'm like, well, you kind of have to watch yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you have to watch these. But <laughs> Yeah, you, you got to. You thought I was just sending you recommendations. I was like, yeah, no, you no, have to watch no, them. No, you have to watch these because you're interviewing people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Fritvit. Fritvit, Cold Prey. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. First two are really good. Go yeah. Check it out. So, Tigers Are Not Afraid mm-hmm. and Cold, Pre- Cold, Cold Prey. Prey. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, you got one? Two good ones. I got a really good one here. 2020 for you. Ooh. Coming out, Ghost Stories. Oh, so, straight to the point yeah. with that title. <laughs> oh, yeah. You would think <laughs> yeah. um, it is an anthology series. Not one single ghost story. Yeah, there's not one single ghost story. <laughs> that would be great. It's just like <laughs> monster, slasher, psychological, not one ghost story. Like there's not, <laughs> yeah. For, for as, as a whole, there were more ghost stories mm-hmm. than not. Well, that's fair. So, but the first one, there's four different films in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little uh, a deep dive video on the whole mm-hmm. film where I give away a ton of spoilers and really right. talk about the movie. So I'll be releasing that later on. I don't want to give too much away on the podcast. but yeah. So the first story was probably my favorite mm-hmm. out of all of them, honestly, uh-huh. because it had the most interesting story to it, mm-hmm. and it had like the creepiest ending okay. for me. So, because it was the only one, it was the one I really didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, I didn't know what was going on, but Mm -hmm. I didn't think what actually happened was going to (laughs) happen. Okay. So, uh, this is an awesome Indian film, Mm -hmm. by the way. So, the whole thing is English dubbed, Mm. but it's still... Cheater. Yeah, well, well, (laughs) it's still, it's like, it's Indian people dubbing... (laughs) <laughs> but they're doing it in English. Oh, man. So I did cheat with the English Cheated. dub film. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry, everybody. But it was so good, and it was right there on Netflix, right. ready to be ready to be watched. I, I hate, like, because, like, uh, sometimes I put on the subtitles just so I can see what the words were in case I missed it. And in mm-hmm. the dubs, like, they're completely different. Yes. Like, context is so much different in the translation. Like, it's kind of the same, but mm-hmm. it's different. It's so weird. Well, my favorite was when they do kid voiceovers, uh-huh. because it's just adults uh-huh. doing kid voices. Oh, wow. So, they'd be like, hello, auntie. And it's just some dude doing it. That's crazy. So, the first one, really good. It's about this woman that's a hospice nurse. She goes mm-hmm. to take care of this old lady that has supposedly had a stroke, and she mm-hmm. has dementia. So that sets up for the whole creepy, she's in this, I don't know why that's scary to people, that that they're alone in the house with an old lady that needs to be taken care of. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it could be pretty terrifying. I guess. (laughs) She's more worried about getting her rocks off with some dude that looks like Danzig's ugly cousin, so. Nice. Yeah, she keeps trying to get him over at the house. Dan, an an Indian fella? Yeah. 
Oh, that looks like Danzig. Way uglier Danzig, though. That's and wild. Yeah, bro. I'm mm. like, this is the guy you've been waiting on this whole time. <laughs> like, he's like the biggest star in India. Yeah, and he's saying he's a huge baby too. <laughs> he complains the whole time. That's the Bollywood Brad Pitt, bro. <laughs> talking shit about him. I know. Here I am. <laughs> Who the fuck am I? Yeah, dude. He's fucking the Bollywood Dwayne the Rock Johnson. My stupid privileged ass. Over here. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, the superstar. Yeah, he. I hope not. I hope that's <laughs> not the best they got coming out of the gate. <laughs> so that one ends really cool. I liked it. The second story is hilarious mm-hmm. and crazy as shit. Right. It is a bad acid trip the whole way through. Like Ooh. I don't know it, but the problem. My problem with it was is it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's the problem. With a lot of movies like that. Like. I, it it started off so fun. It was like a lady and she's watch she's babysitting her nephew mm-hmm. and they're doing like fun things together. Mm-hmm. And then her husband comes home uh-huh. and that kid is like, "Fuck this guy!" Like he just hates that dude. Uh-huh. And that dude sees the kid and he's like, "Fuck this kid!" Fuck like, yeah, bro, <laughs> dude. They just start fist fighting. Yeah, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. And I don't know. There's she goes into her attic in the beginning of the movie and there's a crow's nest mm-hmm. in a hole and not right. like a not like a pirate crow's nest uh-huh. like an actual bird yeah. crow's nest I gotcha. that she's feeding in a uh-huh. hole in her attic right and then she goes downstairs into this other room with all these baby dolls and starts spoon feeding all the baby yeah. dolls and then she's trying to be pregnant i think she is pregnant she is mm-hmm. pregnant yeah yeah she takes several pregnancy tests throughout the thing you got gotcha. she's pregnant with a demon baby probably well that's the thing is the kid all of a sudden her nephew mm-hmm. also hates this baby <laughs> he has this very specific look where he's like fuck this shit like and well, he just stares at the woman's stomach he's like mm. that kid's a problem well he draws a picture of her and then does some weird crown kid magic and mm. he's like just coloring on her stomach and she's like oh, oh in the other room i don't know how he knew all of a sudden how to do voodoo but <laughs> he did and then it, it gets weird and she starts having all these fever dreams and then she turns into a bird in at some point <laughs> and then it goes off yeah. And that's it. <laughs> that's what's up. You know, sometimes people just shoot a bunch of bullshit and just put it together and be like, that's abstract, dude. Like, that's exactly what I hated about it. <laughs> that's abstract, bro. You just don't get it. That's I, like, don't tell me I don't get it. I'm so mad at people. <laughs> <laughs> Story number three started off so good. Uh-huh. Creature feature. Ooh. So I was pumped on it. Right. There were monsters Ooh. and this whole... <clears throat> Guy shows up for like a job interview in this mm-hmm. abandoned ass town. Right. At night, for some reason, mm-hmm. he gets there and there's a kid standing in the dark with like a motorcycle helmet on. Mm-hmm. Which, apparently, by the way, future reference, if you ever see a child in a motorcycle helmet standing by himself in the middle of the night, listen to whatever he tells you. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> because he's got, he's, got the, he's got the best advice, bro. Kid's just like, don't move. Okay, now move, run. And they run together, mm-hmm. and they will run into this little kid bunker where him and his mm. little friend are staying, mm-hmm. and it's a little girl and him, and they're like, no, come hang out with us in here because there's monsters out there. Right. And he's like, where are the adults? That uh-huh. old shtick. And they're like, there are no adults. And he's yeah, like, dude, where the, are you? The monsters ate him, bro. Uh, she, he goes, where's your parents? And he goes, her father ate my father. Mm. So... They're like a cannibal. They turn into these like cannibal monsters. Mm, the kids do? No, the people. Oh, As the people. they, If you eat someone, apparently you turn into this like gray tusked 
blind cannibal monster. Like mm. they lose their sight, but they can <clears throat> run and hunt and stuff. Gotcha. Okay. They can see shapes. Like they're hmm. really like, you know, f- fuzzy on seeing stuff. That's a strange side effect of eating humans. <clears throat> right. <laughs> and it's like, it only takes one bite. Hmm. It's like the second you eat somebody you're in. Hmm, okay. So they, so they don't eat people that eat other people. That's okay. the whole thing. Okay. And apparently her father started the whole thing. This little girl's dad started this whole thing. Hmm. So he's like the top people eater dude. Right. He looks like a mix between the cowardly lion and the Grinch. Wow. He's got these long blonde curly, but he's furry everywhere. He's like oh, a my furry goodness. beast. Yeah. With like the Grinch's face, Ugh. but it's yellow and then he's Ugh. got teeth. Ugh. And that's another one. It must be uh, some like a... Indian monster, uh, yeah, like story. That's like that's what I'm story. thinking. Yeah, like their version of cryptids. Yes, that's that's got to be it. And that's yeah. another one. They don't give a shit about killing kids. Yeah, dude, fuck them kids. They're bro. like, fuck it, <laughs> murder them kids. <laughs> there's a scene where the little girl walks up to him, and she's like, "You think there's gonna be?" She's like, "Papa, please don't eat us." And you think there's gonna be that like sympathy moment it's where the like, human yeah. side's I mean, gonna come we're out. monsters but we got a moral compass bro yeah mm-hmm. no nah, dude he like dives down <laughs> off this desk and fucking like ragdolls her around the fucking room and then right. eats her <laughs> like right well, there <laughs> it's probably more accurate biologically <laughs> yeah <laughs> animals so, don't give a fuck bro I, I don't really care to spoil this one because it was my least favorite one it made me mad uh-huh um he's what the dude Causes all this bullshit. The little girl gets eaten, and him and the kid decide they got to make it back to some place safe. So mm-hmm. the kid takes the little girl's hand mm-hmm. that's eaten off Ooh. and rubs it all over his face Ooh. and rubs it in his mouth and tells the guy, You got to do this too because we got to uh-huh. walk through all these fucking people. It's like the Walking Dead. Bro. Exactly. You got to walk like Duck, talk like Duck. And so <laughs> they're walking around like, outside (laughs) and then they walk past papa right and his henchman is down on the ground but papa's sitting up on like a telephone pole with like a used car banner dealer whoa yeah and he's like hanging out looking at everybody i'm kind of intrigued i might watch it now just (laughs) (laughs) so they sniff the people they're like hmm you smell like blood yeah okay the gay the kid takes a bite of the hand because papa gets up in his face he's like you gonna fucking eat that hand because I don't believe he ate that hand. Yeah. So he takes a bite of the hand like a badass. He's like, I don't give a shit. And mm. eats the hand. Right. And Papa's like, okay, this kid's cool, but fuck that guy. Everybody kill him. He didn't really eat a person. <laughs> so they chase him, and he falls in a hole, mm. and they throw the hand at him. They're like, eat it, bitch, or Yikes. we're going to fucking eat you. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, oh, no, please. And they all jump in the hole at him. And then he wakes up in the hole. It was a fever dream? It was a dream? I don't know. I still don't know. He gets out of the hole, and there's this, like, rescue team that picks him up. And he's like, please, there's people in that town and children that need help. And they're like, there hasn't been anyone in that town for over a month. Like, that's a long amount of time or something. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Is nobody worried about why there's no one been in this town for a month? I mean, that's stranger than saying that. And shit's on fire. There's like not, it's like a desolate town. And then you start to notice around the van that he's riding in, Uh all the people in the van are the monsters that had been chasing him. And they're all looking at him weird, like, and then it goes off. 
like some fucked uh-huh. up Wizard of Oz, like, I had a terrible dream and you were there and you were there. Huh. I hate huh. endings like that. That's strange. <laughs> like, you had a perfect setup. You had a perfect movie and you, <laughs> bruh, <laughs> just yeah. drove the cliff off the bus. Everybody died dead. Well, you want to talk about some strange movies. Another one I'd recommend is uh, Baskin. Baskin? Uh, yeah, the uh, Turkish. Oh, yeah. The Turkish horror film. Yeah, not that bitch. but uh, <laughs> Not that bitch, Baskin. But <laughs> Baskin. Baskin, the uh, Turkish horror film from uh, 2015. Okay. Um, have you seen it? No. You should check it out. Um, it's a, it's a, a Turkish horror film about uh, six Turkish police officers who... Uh, go to a strange answer a strange call over the radio right a strange mm-hmm. disturbance uh, that they get called to and uh, end up finding a pretty much a portal to hell oh yeah so that's what see i've seen the, yeah. the poster for it yeah it's, it was really popular um when it came out got a lot of praise so, yeah which is weird because um it's a little racist oh um i mean it's turkey right you know so like I don't know how you, if you call that racism, (laughs) it's, it's, you know, the Turkish being racist against people in their area. Okay. So, but it's, you know, it's, I think it's just the culture. Like, I think, I think you just got to let that go. Right. Like you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. I mean, it's it's a good film. Um, if you can get past that, I think you just gotta get past this part of the culture, but it is a good film. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they have certain feelings towards who's evil towards them, and they propagand that. But I see it's still a good movie. I mean, it got a lot of good ratings but, here, even with that. So see, and that's the thing, though. We we can't you can't sit and look at how another culture lives right. and base it on how we live in our society. Right? Yeah, like that Indian film you were just talking about. Everyone's like, "Hey, that makes perfect sense." What are you talking about? Yes. Yeah. yeah, they're like, <laughs> "You fucking asshole." Oh yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses makes sense, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I see you and your Lords of Salem bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, dude. What was even Lords of Salem about? You don't even know, bro. <laughs> it's, just, it's just fucking shots. <laughs> I'm just throwing off on these people for nothing. <laughs> if Rob Zombie directed the Bird movie, I would have liked it a lot more. <laughs> it's yeah. just the soundtrack. That's all it is. <laughs> right. But no, I mean, Baskin, I mean, super mm-hmm. creepy, great visuals and stuff like that. And like, if you can get past what Satan looks like, then... It'll be a good good movie. (laughs) There we go. Well, see, they had that same problem in The Lords of Salem. You have to get past what Satan looks like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The weird lobster turkey. Yeah. Turkey baby. He even said that in his commentary. He's like, then there's the weird turkey baby. (laughs) just like, oh, yeah, the montage. (laughs) She's jerking off the two dicks for some reason. Oh, yeah. Where she's... The most unenthusiastic hand job ever. (laughs) I forgot how weird that movie gets. (laughs) That's why I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Oh. Yeah, and that, and that like, montage starts with, like, her, wow, her starting to blow that priest. Yeah. Oh, my God. What yeah. a weird movie that and, was. <laughs> and watching it with the commentary, because uh-huh. I do that with Rob Zombie movies, uh-huh. is even better. Because yeah. I watched that thinking, okay, he's going to explain <laughs> the black goo that comes out of the priest's mouth when he comes. Like, and nah, he goes, and there's the black goo. That's what, <laughs> dude, that's what I tell people. Like, whenever I started working, like in the film industry as a PA, like you got all these YouTubers where they're like mm-hmm. breaking down a TV show or movie, and they're like, "Oh, the room's painted red to like uh, to to signify the transformation of blah 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 blah." I was like, "That's bullshit, bro. Yeah. You're just throwing stuff together, and you're just 
putting your bullshit in. Yeah. Like they're literally just trying to make a movie happen well, and trying to hop over all these obstacles. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like the only movie that gets to think through that stuff is like super high budget movies. Yeah. The rest of the time they're just trying to make it happen within mm-hmm. like the amount of time. It's but, like Lou Temple said. Yeah. They asked him how, how he would react if someone got shot right. in front of him. They're like, all right, we're fucking making you puke now. Yeah. Go get the, go get the Campbells. Yeah. That's what he said is go get the Campbells. Like, that's what it's like. Like they mm-hmm. didn't paint the room red to signify anything. It was like the che- cheapest thing at Lowe's. <laughs> yeah. So like <laughs> he used it to ki- to make the same room look like four different rooms. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they do that shit all the time. Like, yeah, I, I did that shit on my first short film. It's like the same room, like mm-hmm. painted four different times. Um, but yeah, back to Baskin, definitely go check yeah. it out. It's, it's very good. You know, they go to the portal and then like Satan tortures them for a while. It's a lot of dialogue and all right. a lot of cool stuff. See, in there, so, I yeah. like trips to hell. Yeah. I li- I enjoy trips to hell. I like everyone's different, um, viewpoint on what Satan looks like. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> on this one, it's a uh, very Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what are you doing in my hell? Uh, I was watching it and I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. This is really good. And like, it's, it's great. The buildups, everything. They're like building up to Satan. Here comes Satan. And then Satan comes. I was like, oh my God, no, they didn't. Oh my God. No, they didn't. That's my favorite thing now. I have to go watch that. It's it's good. Like if you can just like picture whatever you want there, like, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's creepy the way they do it. Right. But just like. If you can get past what you know, <laughs> that you know what I mean? Yeah. If you can just like detach from that for half a second, then it's a good movie. I see. It's deep. You know, he's, yeah. he, he goes through each of their lives and like talks about like this and like, you know, is what's good and what's bad. Like it, it's, it's very, it's a very good film. You All just right. gotta, you know. Get past the certain yeah, little things. Detach from it. Kind of like understand the culture and just be like, you know. Yeah. If this was, if this was just like something else this would still be a good movie right no matter what it looked like right as, they, long, as long as it looks terrifying yeah so yeah no i like it yeah so yeah. basket so we got cold prey mm-hmm. we got baskin yes tigers are not afraid there you go and ghost stories yes all four amazing movies mm-hmm. to bring you fears <laughs> from afar far, 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 far. There you go. and now speaking of tigers not being scared of nothing <laughs> that's sorry, Issa. That's gonna be the southern adaptation of it. Tigers ain't afraid of nothing. <laughs> Except that bitch Carol Baskin. Except that bitch Carol Baskin here is writer and director of Tigers Are Not Afraid, the wonderfully, stupendously amazing Issa Lopez. Welcome back, welcome back with another exciting interview right here on Scared Stupid. I am of course your host, Chris Bell. And joining me now on this awesome interview is a visionary writer-director, absolutely incredible human being, and hope to be one of my new best friends, Miss Issa Lopez. Issa, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm very flattered. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm very happy to be here. (laughs) I'm super excited that... um, that, you know, the movie uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid is, is, is getting a physical release. And um, yes. and they gave me the opportunity of putting all the extras that every filmmaker want to put in 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 their movie before saying goodbye. So, not a bad thing. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I know I was a huge fan of the movie when it first came out, and then I 
got so excited when I heard that it was getting a physical release because it 100% deserves it, and now I'm getting the opportunity to interview you about it. Thank you. No, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. The, the truth is, this is a movie that overcame challenges in the sense for an entire year after we finished it, we tried to get it into so many festivals, and it was rejected everywhere. And wow. um, and it took it a year to open up Fantastic Fest and, and getting this wave of fans and, um, and amazing reviews. So uh, it is people that connected, uh, like you, Chris, who yeah. made it possible for the movie to overcome all the rejection that it had at the beginning. So thank you for that. Well, yeah, I mean, it has such a powerful message to it. But it is like it's very surreal for people to watch. I know that there's just you don't pull any punches in this movie, <laughs> not a single you can't. one. And you can't you because because the situation that that I'm trying to portray in the movie, which is the children that are left to their own devices on the side of gang violence, and yes. this could be any city in the world, honestly, and any war in the world. It doesn't have to be the drug war. Uh, right. The situation they're in, it doesn't call any punches either. So you have to go full into it or don't go at all. So it, 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 was, it was a tough decision, but uh, I, I trusted that there was an audience out there that was going to respect the truth. And, um, and it, I was right. They connected with it. Absolutely. And I know it's not easy working with children in, in, in any aspect, especially doing the scenes that you did, but you were able to capture this horrific story through the eyes of a child, and that is something that is just so unbelievably impressive to me. Thank you. It was, um, it was intense, let's call it that. Right. Definitely, <laughs> there was a learning curve for everybody. Um, from the moment that I was writing the script, I knew it was going to be a challenge to first of all find the kids that could deliver these performances, but then to get the performances out of there because as you said before, what I was trying to achieve was a degree of truth. And, uh, and the performances had to reflect that utter reality. They, they didn't have a chance to feel like performances. So it didn't matter how experienced or not I was directing actors. This was a different animal I knew. And it was. Uh, right. So we saw 600 kids for this. And, wow. uh, and then getting to that emotional place with them was a whole adventure. But we're very good friends. Right. Uh, and, it was, and it ended up being a gorgeous thing at a personal level, too. So all good there. Oh, yeah. And then you took this real you know, dramatic, hard-to-watch thing, and you added this level of fantasy and, you know, childlike wonder to it, you know, when the kids would tell their stories about things that had happened to them, and it would be like a child would be telling the story. It's big, and it's dramatic, and it's just wonderful to see. Thank you. Um, you know, that was the objective, to to invite audiences to come to this very ultra-real situation, but... In the very seductive vehicle of a ghost story and the supernatural yes. and the magical, which is what the the children's perspective perspective gives you, you know, and um, yes. and it's it is a ghost story, and it is a, 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 an adventure and a thriller, but mm-hmm. there it's it's based on 
on very on a very hard reality. And uh, that was perhaps the biggest challenge, even more than working with the kids, uh, which became a pleasure right. eventually. The biggest challenge was to keep a tone that felt utterly real at a certain level and allowed yes. an, a, spa- a space for fantasy and fantastic elements and fantastic creatures. Absolutely. And I, I know that there are moments in it when, when things happen and in the background and you're like, wait, did that actually just happen? Like the graffiti that the kids do, it'll just subtly move. And it, it's I, I love that, that you you did the small little things in there for the people that really paid attention. Well, it's 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 an effort to to remind the audience when when nothing supernatural big is going to happen in a bunch of scenes you have to throw a little reminder that this is a supernatural adventure too you know that to remind your audience that we're inhabiting both worlds so um it's it's an intention that ended up bringing this identity to the movie where magic is lurking in the corners right right and you know, I love the the whole three wishes premise that came from it, and it it kind of sets up for in the horror genre at least. You don't get to make wishes and good things happen to you. So it's completely the whole, true. It's completely true. May fifth, the Steel Book is released. Your DVD Blu-ray it gets its physical release. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and maybe tell people uh, some of the items that are included with the Steel Book? Completely. Um, it's such a luxury, really. It's, you know, throughout an entire filmmaker career, you dream of, of that uh, release that where you can put everything you did to create a universe. And that happens with Tiger. So it has um, a making of feature it, which is a tiny documentary in a way, 45 minutes of how oh. the movie happened, how we put it together. And you can... Uh, see the interviews with the kids telling you their experience from their perspective yes. and um, and the process of creating the sets and the process of finding the kids and then getting the performances and uh, all of it is in that in that feature it and then we have an enti- an hour long conversation with Guillermo del Toro um, doing a lovely Q and A with me about how the movie works. And uh, it has also set designs. It has callback session with the children, so you can see where they started and where they got to at the end in the movie. You have yeah. um, uh, a lot, a lot, hundreds of, of set stills, and it, you know, it's it's everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, director's commentary track. It's it's everything I want. And I would say it's absolutely everything you deserve. Thank so, everybody so listening much. out there, May 5th, Tigers Are Not Afraid gets its physical release on Steelbook. I have seen, I got a little sneak peek, Isa, I gotta tell you, at the special bonus features that are coming on this DVD, and it is so awesome. It's so good, you guys have to get out. May 5th, Tigers Are Not Afraid, pick it up on Steelbook. Isa, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Chris. It was fun and a pleasure. Thank you so much.